Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to episode number four. So today we are talking about maintaining confidence when you start a new job. And we're going to be talking about this because this is something that comes up for pretty much everyone who starts a new job. So most of my clients find themselves in this situation where they have a real crisis of confidence when they start a new job. And I know your clients do as well, Jackie, when they're promoted and when they're moving through the ranks. So we thought this would be a really good topic to talk about today. So let's let's get stuck in to maintaining confidence. And I think probably just starting off by saying like a crisis of confidence when you start a new job, you know, regardless of what level, whether it's a sideways move or a promotion, it's completely normal to, to have that. It is. And I think it sometimes takes people by surprise because I think the initial, you know, when you get the new job, whether that's like through a job search, working with, with you or whether that's when somebody's promoted internally, you kind of you get that kind of yay moment, don't you? Where like somebody's taken a punt on you, they've offered you the job, they've given you the promotion. And that kind of initial first flush is like yeah. helpful for your confidence because you feel good. You feel like yes, it's validated that I'm ready for this job. Yeah. And it's then as like those first days and weeks, that's sometimes when it can take a hit is when you actually start. And I think people, it doesn't get talked about that much. And I think yeah. as because of that, then people don't necessarily anticipate and expect that it's going to happen. And then it kind of sideswipes them. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always, always hated being the new girl. Like I hated it, regardless of like what level I was at, whether it was a promotion or or what. I just hated being the new girl. And I always used to say at the start of every new job, can we just fast forward three months? Because I know by the time I'm three months in that I will feel more confident. I'll understand the business and I'll just, I'll be happy. (laughs) But then three months, I was sort of like, oh, the worst, like and it's almost like that. I was thinking of it like being like buyer's remorse, you know, <laughs> when you when you kind of you buy something and you commit to it, and then you think, oh, you know, was that the right thing to do? And it is. It's that it's that sense of like buyer's remorse where you're like, have I made the right decision? But you know, fast forward three months and you, you'd be absolutely flying. But that that initial stage is tough, I think. Definitely. So when you're working with clients, then what do you advise them? So I think both of us pre-warn clients when that that it could happen. So knowing that it might happen is helpful. But when it does hit, what what do you what advice do you give to your clients? I think the main thing that I advise is that, you know, 
maintaining your confidence is easier most of the time easier said than done so it is about really kind of again you know we've used this in other um episodes where we say just pause you know just stop and like reassess because you are hired for a reason so it's almost like you just stop and you tell yourself you've done this before and you can do it again and you'll do it even better this time because you bring all of that experience with you but it is about just taking that pause and really reassessing you know why am I here what what did I tell them I was going to bring to the table and I think what most of my clients find is they spend so much time figuring out how they align to the values and really showing in the interview that I align, I can hit the ground running, you know, I, you know, I can bring all of this good stuff to your business. And then you get dropped into the business and then you're like, I don't know anything about this business, you know, because Google doesn't really give you, you know, the inside goings on in the business. The company website's all shiny and lovely, but you know, it doesn't give you that real insight and you don't get that until day one when you're out your comfort zone, those first few weeks, those first few months, like, you know, it's just about kind of going, right, I'm here and I need to learn and I can do this job and I've done it before and, you know, there's so much more stuff I want to learn and it's just that real pause to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, relationships are so important as well when when you start a new role and if you're new to a business what you have to remind yourself of is that you've probably got zero relationship with anybody there you know you might be fortunate you might have you know a few people that you know or have worked with you know been colleagues previously but in the main Mm. This is relationship building from scratch. So you're building a relationship with your boss. You're building a relationship with your team. You're building a relationship with kind of peers. You're building a relationship with stakeholders in the business. And you have to know, like, you have to spend time and invest in those relationships for them to bear fruit down the line. And I think when people put pressure on themselves to hit the ground running, then that can be the cost of investing in those relationships. And that's never good further down the line because you, you know, if you, you feel like you're doing something purposeful in the here and now because you're taking action, but you're lacking the context and you're lacking the buy-in from those people. And, And then that can hit doubly hard down the line because actually the thing that you'll kind of feel like you've taken action on or delivered or you know this great idea that you've had kind of get you know people are just like no that's that's not going to work here and you're kind of like oh and and that's even harder to handle so I think it's so important to invest in those relationships from early in and I think with with my clients where it's typically more so that they've been promoted internally that doesn't necessarily feel as kind of almost people don't feel that that's quite the same but actually you've still got a different relationship dynamic so you might have been promoted ahead of people that wanted to be promoted so you may you know have the job that they wanted you may have you know or almost certainly will have a new boss that you was your boss's boss perhaps or you know somebody that you knew within the business and you've got to kind of navigate that difference in the relationship you've got people that were on a senior level and now you're a peer and you might feel like, again, that can hit your confidence because you kind of don't feel that you belong at the table yet. You don't kind of yeah. really see yourself differently and see yourself at that level. And so whether it's internal or external, 
I think it's just so key in the early days to just take stock of what relationships have you got and what relationships do you need in order to perform and then really invest in building them. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crucial. Yeah, definitely. And just what you said there about belonging at the table, like that is so key because that is something that is a real confidence killer. If you don't feel like you've earned your stripe shirt, if you don't feel like you, you, you know, that seat is yours at that table, then that can really affect how you, you know, ease yourself into the role. Because when you're brand new to a role, whether it's a newly promoted role or whether it's just, you know, brand new role for whatever reason, that initial time period in that role is really your time to get under the skin of the business and what's going on. And like you say, that is the crucial time for building the relationships. Now, if you don't get under the skin of the business and lots of people tend to go in, they really don't like being the new person. So they want to get stuck in. They want to get straight into doing the work and get really hands-on and they miss that real opportunity to really look at what's going on inside the business, outside the business, build those relationships. And then before they know it, the head down, they've got a to-do list, you know, the size of the left arm and it keeps growing. And like you said, they never really get that context because they didn't take the time initially. And then what I find is people then struggle to go back and ask for that context because they then think, well, I've been here now three, six, you know, nine months, like I should know this already. And it's almost like using that that early period where, yeah, you might be feeling vulnerable, you might be feeling like you're lacking in confidence, but actually um, it's such a great learning opportunity. And it's, you know, if you can nail that relationship building and getting under the skin of the business in them early days, then you will have all of the context you need to make those decisions, to really be able to action those quick wins and all of that good stuff that's going to allow you to make an impact and you'll find your confidence grows because you've got that solid foundation. Yeah, it's, yeah, you, you couldn't agree more. It, it's so crucial and it's something that is neglected, I think, and people don't always kind of prepare you for it. And sometimes when you go into a job, you have a great induction and onboarding experience. Other times you're thrown in the deep end. Again, I'm sure that'll be a future episode. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's that 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 time in the early days of, and, and I remember um, having a conversation with my boss when I'd started a new role. And the situation there was that I didn't lack confidence in my ability to do the job. I knew I was more than capable of doing the job. It was that fitting in with the existing team. So I had a team of peers that had been created as a result of a restructure. And for my region, they'd not been able to find anybody. So I came into an established team and I didn't lack confidence that I kind of, you know, was more than capable of delivering in the role, you know, more than able to the what the demands of the job were going to be. But that was the bit that really dented my confidence was because we were all working, you know, in different regions, there wasn't a natural or an easy way. I had to work really hard to build those relationships because there wasn't a natural or an easy way to kind of feel like I could get to know my peers and understand how were they already working together? How did that suit my style? What could I contribute? What else could I bring to it? And so I'd go to, you know, we'd once a month, we'd have kind of a, a team day together. And the first kind of two or three, it was really just about kind of 
observing and understanding and seeing the dynamic. And that that was really the bit that I struggled with my confidence was, am I delivering in the way? Am I being the kind of person that people are expecting? And how does that fit with my natural style and figuring out how to build those relationships with people that I didn't have necessarily a natural reason to need to speak to day to day? Yeah. And, and for me, a lot of that was came into making the effort to have you know, like social catch up calls and, you know, have conversations about things where I didn't really need people's help. But actually, if there was a reason that I could have a conversation with somebody, then I took it. Yeah. Um, and that was that was how I kind of, you know, felt that I got to build that that trust and those that kind of sense of being a part of a team. Yeah. And that's a great way to do it as well. And I suppose it's taking ownership as well of that onboarding. So you're never going to go into a company. I mean, you might you might find one company or the other company that will provide such a, you know, an amazing onboarding experience. But usually it's not the best. Usually they'll expect you to at a senior level or a management level, they'll expect you to figure it out yourself or they will just throw you in at the deep end. So it's about having that plan. Like, what do I want to do before I even get there what do I want to find out about the business to make as much impact as I can in my job who are my key stakeholders and you know a lot of that stuff you can figure out before you actually get to day one and then as you get to day one then you can start you know adding to that and you know making sure that you've got that real focus rather than just kind of going in and thinking oh new job like what do I need to do first and all the rest of it you kind of go in with that real structure and that will really help build your confidence as well because you've got a clear plan because anytime then you feel like oh I don't know what I'm doing right now like what should I be doing you can just kind of go back to your plan go back to your list and go right okay well let's focus on key stakeholders or let's focus on understanding the business or you know whatever element it is that you can focus on so you'll never be stuck or wondering what to do next and you'll have complete ownership of your onboarding experience as well. Yeah, and I've got a download of questions that I use with new to role coaching clients. So we can put that, make that available on um, the website, so careerandleadershiprealtalk.com. Um, and so if you are in that situation, you're going into a new role, what that does is just helps give some prompts if you do need to take ownership of that in kind of induction and onboarding and building relationships in a new role. Um, that just has some prompts to help people think. So we'll make that available on there. So what would be your kind of three key takeaways then for people in that situation who need to maintain their confidence? Okay, so I think the first one would be, um, you know, knowing that having that crisis of confidence is completely normal, that you've, you know, you've done it before, you'll do it again, you'll do it even more successfully this time. I think that'd be the first thing. The second thing would be about using that initial few weeks and then first few months to understand the business where you and your team fit in to, you know, build those relationships, to understand the mission, the vision, your objectives, the business objectives, and, you know, that will then allow you to then look at the quick wins and make better decisions. So it'll give you a really solid foundation. And then also, um, you know, don't be too harsh on yourself. You know, that number three, probably the biggest one, don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, Ask questions, ask as many questions, because as the new person, you are completely entitled to ask as many questions and ask people to give it to you in the simple, the answers in the simplest detail. And, you know, 
finally just remember why they hired you you know you um you know it's not just about what you put on your cv or what you know you've given you know what answers you've given them in the interview it's actually how you made them feel so you made them feel that you know you can do this job and you made them feel that way because you can do it because you talked about your skills and your experience so always remember that every time you think I'm a, I'm a, have I done the right thing it's like yeah they hired me they know I can do it and that you know kind of just every time that comes up just remember why they hired you Perfect. And I think the only thing I would add to that, which is specific for people who are promoted internally, is to remember that even though you haven't got the business context to learn, you have still got to take time to understand how does this role differ from what I was doing? What relationships do I need? What what needs to happen as a result of this? Um, and and really just kind of get under the skin of what what are the demands of this new role, even though I may not be new to the business, I am new to this role and still recognize and think of yourself in that way. Because I think it's tempting if you haven't changed companies to maybe think, oh, you know, some of that advice doesn't apply to me. It does. So go back and listen to what Pam just said. It's the upshot of it. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. So if we come on then to our career clinic section... Um, so the question this time, um, and we've, we've just talked about the whole kind of um, onboarding piece and how it may not always be perfect. So this is one that's very relevant um, in that context. So Pam, what would you say to somebody who said, I have started my new job and I was promised all of the induction, all of the onboarding, all of this kind of great structure. And I'm kind of having to go it alone. So my boss hasn't given me the answers. They're really busy. They're not available in the way that they indicated they were when we first met at interview. It kind of all I had all the promise. And now the reality is not quite hitting the mark. Okay. Has that ever happened to a client of yours? Yes, this, this is, I could say this is an actual client question, but I'd probably say actually this is more like a question from, you know, 50 plus clients because it's so easy to promise things in an interview, but actually, you know, when you get there, people have got different priorities, especially if you're being recruited into, into a position that's been vacant for a while, that puts more pressure on your manager and um, on the team. And sometimes, you know, or most of the time, you know, then first few weeks, you know, your manager won't have that much time to spend with you. They might spend the first day with you and then kind of think, you know, that's enough. They know what they're doing off they go. Um, and I think this is the time where you in, you know, in a nutshell, this is where you need to take ownership. So you need to take ownership of your onboarding, of your induction. You know, don't sit there and think, well, they didn't give me any kind of induction. They didn't give me a plan. Anytime my clients say to me, well, they didn't give me a proper induction or they didn't give me a plan. I always say, well, why didn't you create your own? You know, you it's up to you to understand, you know, what you need to know about the business in order to be effective in that role. You know, how do you know your manager is effective in their role? They might not be. They might not have the skills and experience that are needed to onboard you. So if you take ownership of that process um, and, 
the questions Jackie's going to let us um, have on the website are going to be brilliant for that as well, because that'll give you um, some questions to ask and to start creating your own plan to take ownership of that process. So it's all about, you know, um, what's going on with the business? What is the the mission, the vision? You know, all of the all of the the good stuff. You know, what are the objectives? What relationships do you need to build? Who are your key stakeholders? Um, you know, getting to know your team if you've got a team. Um, you know, all of the these things that you you might just think, oh yeah, that's part of it. You know, get them written down. Get you know, create an Excel sheet and literally put in every single thing and every single person that you think you need to link in with. And when you've done it, you know, use it to write notes because you won't remember everything. So you can just put some notes in there. You know, if you, if you get onto like a personal level and you're asking about their family and things that are going on for them, you can always just take notes so that later on when you need to speak to that person again, you can say, Oh, how are the kids doing? Or, you know, usually people will say, Oh, you know, we're, you know, they've got a school play going on or something like that. And then you can use those notes to, you know, you know, to build your relationships. But the key thing is just making sure that you take ownership of building those relationships, of understanding the business and of getting yourself settled into the role. So don't wait for someone else to do that for you. Yeah. And that might not be the most palatable answer. Um, but that that is that is the answer you'll get from both Pam and I, because <laughs> you genuinely it's it's normally not about lack of intent normally people do want you to have a great onboarding experience but the reality is that it slips down the priority list it's often not it more often than not if you assume that it's going to be pretty poor then great it's a bonus if if it's done really well but and, and what i would say as well is that the more senior you go the less likely that there will be a brilliant induction because the people that need to create an induction and onboarding plan are the people that are close enough to that role, which typically means it's your boss. And if you're a senior level, your boss by nature is going to be more senior and they have really got pressures on their time. So for them to kind of sit and really get the headspace and create it is often something they intend, want and hope to do, but they don't. And that's not because they don't care it's because other other pressures and other priorities come into the mix and then suddenly you're there, you're starting and it's happening. So if you make that assumption that you are going to have to take ownership of it, then great, it's a bonus if you don't. But in all, in all fairness, most of the time, <laughs> forewarned is forearmed. So be ready, expect to do that. And then if it turns out that it's brilliant, happy days, hunky-dory. Amazing. Amazing. So moving on now to our book review, which I think our, our book section today is going to be really key for this. And this is a book that you've read, isn't it, Jackie? And um, I think this is a really nice kind of follow on and will give everyone a little bit more to think about. Yeah. So this is a book that was recommended to me by my coach when I'd started a new role. And it's called The First 90 Days. It's by Michael D. Watkins. And this is a book written specifically for people who are changing role. So either being promoted or going into um, a new role as a result of a job search. And it looks at what you can do and how you can take ownership of that first 90 days to set yourself up for success in the role. It's 
American and it is quite kind of centered around kind of corporate American culture. So some of the references when you're in the UK um, might not necessarily land, but the principles that are in there and the kind of overall advice is really sound. And in particular, there's one thing that I just wanted to highlight from it, which is he uses something called a STARS model, which is looking at the business context and what the demands of you as a leader are likely to be. So STARS stands for Startup, Turnaround, Accelerated Growth, Realignment or Sustaining Success. Testing myself, having to remember those. That was um, good. And it's basically saying if you are going into a business that is a startup, the demands on you as a leader are going to be very different than if you are in a business where your role is primarily about sustaining success. If you are realigning, then it might be more of a troubleshooting requirement. If you're in um, you kind of, you know, an accelerated growth phase, then you're going to need to look at kind of, you know, team development, succession planning. So it, it just really helps, I think, as a framework to think first and foremost, what's the business context? And then you can start kind of plotting in, okay, and then how do I get the learning that I need to get? How do I build the relationships I need to build at, at, within that particular business context? So like I say, recommended to me donkeys years ago by my coach. It has been updated probably numerous times since then. Um, but it is one that I also recommend to clients because it just really hones in on the things that are so key um, and just gives some really kind of practical, actionable advice, which obviously is what we're all about on this podcast. Yeah, I love the sound of that. I think that'll be a perfect follow-on and especially to read before you start your new job so you can start creating that plan and really give it some context and be ready to ready to go with your plan regardless of what happens in the first couple of weeks. So yeah, I love that. That's a great recommendation. Fab. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you as ever for listening. We are available on Apple, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and would really appreciate if you would follow and also give us those all important reviews. And we will be back with the next episode next Monday at 6am.